0: Well happy Sunday everyone, I never could have imagined that we would be in lockdown again and transitioning to online services for a third time, but here we are. Each time we do this it feels like a bandaid being ripped off of a fresh wound and you've probably noticed that people are getting pretty angry these days. Some people are angry that these restrictions exist, they are angry at our governments for imposing them, and then there are also people that are angry that the restrictions are not harsh enough and too many people are being put in danger because of these reckless decisions. So here's what we do know, people are angry, there seems to be less and less consensus on what we should do, and people are becoming more and more divided. Oh, and yeah, actually, there's one more thing that we know as well. As all of these things happen around us, both believers and non-believers are not drawing closer to Jesus. In fact, you may have noticed that some who do know Jesus are talking less and less about Him and more about their anger and outrage. Now, don't get me wrong, everybody has a right to an opinion, to their feelings, and to the choices, and to advocate for freedom and for justice. But when something gets more glory, when when something gets more emotional investment, when something gets more attention than Jesus, then there's a problem. There's an imbalance that we have to address and also be self-aware of. There's a common catchphrase that you hear quite often in Christian circles, and it's this. If Jesus is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. And you know what? I think that this particularly uh, relevant and challenging sentence is really applicable for today. If Jesus was in fact Lord of all, where would your attention be today? Would it be on the news? Would it be on doom scrolling and, and checking in on the number of active COVID cases? Would it be focused on letting everyone know what you think about these decisions that the government is making? Let's be realistic for a moment. Is our opinion expressed online enough to make any significant impact to what's going on? There is a literal sea of opinions right now, and if we really want to make an impact, our words have to have weight, otherwise they are just washed away by this ocean of trivial information. Today, relevancy of your voice is mostly measured by how many people follow you in online circles. And in many ways, the, the relevance of Jesus is directly impacted by the number of people who are following Him and listening to His voice. Today, I want to suggest something to all of us. We all have our opinions, but but may I say that it's not what you know, but it's who you know. If you really know Jesus, then what you say, what you think, will be directly impacted by Him. And if you're directly impacted by Him, then the words you speak, the words you type, will also have an impact on others. And then if others are impacted by your words, then, then they can be led to Jesus. This is the impact we need to have today. The book of Proverbs tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's Proverbs 18.21. I don't know about you, but I certainly would like to focus on the life part of this equation. That fruit sounds a lot better. Now I have the privilege of being able to drop my kids off to school each day, and a lot of people, including myself, were worried about the impact on kids having to go through all the additional health and safety processes of returning to school. Isn't it awesome though how children have an incredible ability to focus on the wonder of the world around them? Even though by all rights it can be frightening. When my kids see their friends first thing each morning, they're not concerned about you know, the mounting infections and all these variants. What they're concerned about is showing their friends their pretty bracelets they just made i know you're saying okay joel these are just kids you know there's some innocent naivety there that to what is happening around them well yes and no the kids are are fairly aware of the situation around them but they choose to focus on the good around them and and trust in their parents and guardians to protect them and, and guide them safely can the same be said and be true for us we also have a guardian we also have a father we also have a comforter who is looking after us and will help us through any situation we find ourselves in the prophet isaiah says Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Who you know makes all the difference. Jesus never promised us that everything would be easy or perfect. We can all attest to that right now. In fact, Jesus did say that we would have tribulations, but that we would never be alone in them. So whatever you're feeling what whatever your opinion you're holding on to right now or whatever anxiety you're facing head-on right now Know that you have someone someone who has all the authority and power with you through it all You know sometimes I'm accused of being an eternal optimist and you know I don't need sympathy for that. I've actually been called a lot worse I actually don't mind being called that either a lot of us fall somewhere on the spectrum between optimism and pessimism you know in the people around you there's always going to be an eternal optimist someone who is always confident that everything's going to be okay. And on the other extreme, there's always someone who is very pessimistic, who has the unbelievable ability to see the worst in every situation. Now most of us usually slide between these extremes depending on our circumstances, but we usually have a target spot on the spectrum where we feel the most comfortable. A good test you can do right now to see where you are is to ask yourself, you know, how do you feel in this exact moment in the pandemic? Do you think that we're we're going to be out of this by the end of the summer? You know, do you think that we'll be back to some, you know, semblance of normal life within another year? What level of optimism has just been revealed right now, just now? Well, wherever you lie on the spectrum, you have to recognize that you cannot live without some level of optimism in your life. You know, I've checked with the the psychology subject matter expert in my my life and it turns out that, that people who have a good amount of optimism also have a higher quality of life. There's a direct correlation between optimism and mental and physical and social well-being. Optimists also have a positive outlook towards the future. Simply put, optimism is good for you, but hey, you know what, you don't have to worry if you're on the opposite side of that spectrum either because it's who you know that will make the difference. The most famous verse Christians give to young people who are, are concerned for the future ahead of them is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and it's this, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And here's the truth, this is not a verse that's reserved for young people or youth, it's for everyone who needs a reminder that there is hope and that God created us on purpose and for a purpose in the time that we find ourselves in right now optimism in the greater context of god's love and and hope found within it helps us imagine a future that is different from lockdown 3.0 it's different from the fear and suffering of today optimism helps us get through it all because it it gives us confidence that there's going to be a solution paul says in Romans 5 5 hope does not put us to shame which means that hope doesn't disappoint Hope is, a great, is greater than any circumstance. So where does optimism fit into this? Well, it's who you know. The hope found in Christ gives us authentic optimism. For, for Paul, hope doesn't disappoint because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. To be a hopeful person means that you approach the future with a deep personal knowledge of God's love. Frankly, it's not something I can even preach about. It's a revelation that you have to receive for yourself. But when you do get it, and believe me, anyone can receive it, By just asking for it you get the unshakable hope of knowing god's love for the world and god's love for each and every one of us we belong to a god who is love although we live in uncertain times god's love for us withstands always So because of who you know, your optimism is not dependent on your personality quirks. It's actually dependent on your hope found in Christ. Optimism is actually encompassed by hope. Optimism is found within hope. And even if optimism doesn't give you everything you need to not worry about tomorrow, optimism will help you flourish today. And let's be honest, anyone who can display any form of optimism today, not only is going to stand out, but is also going to display God's love. And if you don't know him, he is something you should absolutely know today. And don't worry, even if you said to me at the beginning of this video that you're closer to pessimism than optimism, there is enough room for you within hope as well. Hope is big enough, hope is strong enough, God's love is so steadfast that there is room for both pessimists and optimists at the party. Because of who you know, you're on the VIP list. Wherever you fall in the optimism spectrum, hope will never disappoint. Let me finish with one last verse today. It's Matthew 6:22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So the meaning of healthy in the Greek context here is actually generous and on the other side the unhealthy eye means stingy So having an unhealthy eye Means that you approach life with a perceived kind of scarcity that that leads you to act out of fear and selfishness But if the eye is filled with light, it means that we see life in a different way It's actually about what gets our attention and acknowledging the power that has given us true freedom for and hope for eternity So spiritual optimism is about seeing the hand of the Lord as always providing for us and protecting us. It's about who you know and and knowing that you are never alone and that we don't have to fear because our God, the God we know, the God we have a loving relationship with is a good Father. Let's pray together this morning. Dear Father, we thank you that your gospel is good news, and it is good news no matter what circumstances we face. Help me to choose to to live a life devoted to you, trusting in your protection. Give me an advanced perception of the blessings that you bring every day into my life. Help us to start each day to genuinely believe that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we recognize that we need your help, we need your strength, we need your wisdom and direction to get rid of the things in our lives that don't honor you. Equally, we need your help to fill us with your goodness. Lord, help us not to be suspicious of of the good things, but instead we want to give you glory for your blessings, for where you're leading us and who you're making us become in you. Let us be optimistic about the future because you are good, loving, and you're a faithful father. Speak to our hearts, Lord, today so that we will be changed in your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all this week and remember that it's who you know that's going to change who you are. See you soon.